Reverend John Ferret, and we have to agree that we are in difficult times worldwide as we're in the midst of this pandemic of the Wuhan virus, COVID-19. And Minnesota is slowly reopening. They actually had people allowed to go fishing over the fishing opener and so on, so on. But in times like this, in times of difficulty, in times of stress and anxiety, where is God? How close is he to us? What confidence do we have that he is close to us, that he's right beside us? Let's go see. Let's go see here in session three of Torah Nuggets. I wanted to consider a verse, one that many of us are very familiar with. It's 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. There's an associated verse with this that Paul's writing, again to the Corinthian church. It's in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now, in that first verse, in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17, all the forms of the word you are plural. Meaning you as a group of people, meaning you as all the Corinthians. The word temple is singular. What is Paul really saying? It's kind of like saying, hey, you Corinthians, you Corinthian Christians, all of you. You are one temple. Now that's the proper understanding. We're not all little temples. Many people kind of interpret it that way, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. My wife is a little temple of the Holy Spirit, and all Christians are little temples running around. But it doesn't say that. When we actually take a look, at the gender, when we take a look at the case, when we take a look at the number of these pronouns and nouns, we find that indeed it means something completely different, that all of us are one temple. Now in 1 Corinthians 6.19, we have the same thing going on. The word your and you are plural, meaning again, Paul is talking to all the Corinthians. The body or the word body, is singular. So, or do you, again, plural, do not know that your body, singular, is a temple, singular, of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, plural, meaning all the Corinthians, whom you, all Corinthians, have from God, and that you, all the Corinthians, are not your own. Now, some hold, again, to the belief that their body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that all of us are little temples. 
Now, we have to disagree with this because once again, this verse, 1 Corinthians 6.19, must agree with 1 Corinthians 3.16-17. through 17. The Bible is not contradictory. All of us are one temple. All of us are not individual temples. Maybe the best way to look at it, especially with these two verses, and especially for a person who might say, wait a minute, I've been taught that all my life, that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's best to take a look at it, that your body is part of his temple. All of us equally together. We are one temple. We're one group. We're one community. And this community of believers forms one temple. We remember Paul teaching in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12 to 31. I won't read that right now, that we're all one body, we're all parts of one body, and so on. It's the same picture. Paul says, if I hurt, then all hurt. If I sin, all are, all are affected by my sin. If I am honored, then all the community is honored. If I'm a filthy stone in God's house, then this is a mark on the whole community. This is huge. This relates so clearly to Jesus' words about unity. This is in John 17, starting in verse 20. And Jesus says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So if we are our own temple, that means we just affect us. But the Lord is a teaching us. You affect your brothers and sisters. We are community. We are one together in Jesus, and he in us. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 26. So that there may be no division in the body, or there would be no division in the temple. In other words, we're not all little temples. This is the same picture. In 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul is talking about the body of Christ, it's the same picture, it's the same concept. But that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, a Messianic Jew in the city of Corinth in those days, how would they view the temple? Now, in 1 Corinthians, probably written in 54 to 55 A.D., so for a Messianic Christian Jew in those days, when they're hearing this about the temple, it would probably first remind them of the tabernacle. The tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. Now the Hebrew for tabernacle is Mishkan. And Mishkan in the Hebrew means a dwelling tent. And that's exactly what it was. Tabernacle is a word that comes out of the Latin and it, it means tent. So God wanted a mishkan. He wanted a dwelling tent. In Exodus 29, 45, we find that God, 
He wants to dwell among the sons of Israel. So a Messianic Christian Jew in Corinth would know this. They would know about the tabernacle. They would know and remember all the way back into the Torah, into the days of the Exodus, that God said that he wanted to dwell with his people. By the way, there's a great model of the tabernacle, of the Mishkan, that's found in Timnah Park in Israel. On the website, www.lightamenorah.org, and remember, menorah is spelled M-E-N-O-R-A-H. So the website is www.lightamenorah, all one word, no spaces, lightofmenorah.org. I've provided a link to an awesome website that has awesome pictures and text and videos of the Mishkan. Now, those of you that uh, may not get to the website, you can actually access it. The website is www.holylandsite, H-O-L-Y, land, L-A-N-D-S-I-T-E, www.holylandsite.com. Then look up Tabernacle. Now, the original Tabernacle, the original Mishkan, was probably built in about 1447 B.C., a year after they had left Egypt. It was God's RV. It was his, his moving camper so that he can move and travel and be with his people. Now, this changes. Once Israel, under Joshua, conquers the Promised Land, and then later when David becomes king and establishes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, God then wants a house. He wants a house to dwell with his people. We read this in 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting in verse 5, and we'll go through 13. So here is God talking to Nathan and telling the prophet Nathan to talk to David about what he's hearing. So God says, Go and say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one who should build me a house to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought up the sons of Israel from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent, even in a mishkan, a tabernacle. Wherever I have gone with all the sons of Israel, did I speak a word with one of the tribes of Israel, which I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name, like the names of the great men who were on the earth. I will also appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may live in their own place, and not be disturbed again. Nor will the wicked afflict them any more as formerly. Even from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So this is the first indication that we have where God is saying 
okay, enough is enough. The tent is done. The people are settled. And now I want a house. And in here, Solomon is going to build a house. You can read all about that in 1 Kings 5 through 9. And you will not see the mention of the word temple anywhere in 1 Kings 5 through 9. The actual Hebrew for the temple is Beit HaMikdash, meaning in Hebrew, the holy dwelling place, meaning the holy dwelling place of God. Jewish people say God never had a temple. The Greek gods have temples. Our God has a house because he dwells with us. So for the Messianic Jews, they understand that the temple, the Beit HaMikdash, is the dwelling place of God. And again, at the website, I provided another link, and it's an archaeological website about the discovery of Solomon's, the remains of Solomon's Jerusalem. They didn't find the temple. But they found his palace and a wall that separated his palace area from where the temple would have built. This discovery of Solomon, Solomon's uh, palace complex was by, done by Eliat Mazar, a renowned Jewish woman archaeologist. And great pictures there and a video of the discovery and so on. And again, that link you can find at the website for these podcasts at www.lightamenorah.org. Now, for a Messianic Jew in Corinth in 54 AD, Paul is teaching about the Old Testament because that's all they had. They didn't have the New Testament. It's being written. And God wants to dwell with us. There's nothing new. It's not a Christian idea. God said it to Moses, and then he says it to David through Nathan, his prophet. And even in the beginning, in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve had just disobeyed God. They're hiding from him. And we have this picture of God walking in the garden in the evening. God was with them. This ends part one of Torah Nuggets, session three. We've established the fact that God dwelling with us seems to be right from the beginning. A number of Bible commentators, both Jewish and Christian, make notes of that, that God walked in the garden with them looking for Adam and Eve. He knew that they had sinned and they were hiding. And part two will continue with this. See you in session two. Shalom.